You're listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast with me, your host, Sandra Garlick. A podcast where I chat to women in business who share their knowledge and top tips, especially for you. I also share my own tips to help you gain visibility fast so that you appear to be everywhere, even when you're not. I'm delighted to bring this podcast to you each week to inspire and motivate you to achieve. Enjoy the podcast. Woman Who Chat is sponsored by Grow Radio. Grow Radio is an online radio station dedicated to bringing you a different podcast on the hour, every hour. I'm proud that Woman Who Chat is played on Grow Radio every Tuesday at 3pm and Friday at 8am and to be a part of their podcasting community. If you want to listen to the station, explore their shows, check out many of the blogs to improve your podcasting skills or get your podcast onto Grow Radio, head over to growradio.uk today. Welcome to Woman Who Chat and today I'm chatting with Joanne Parker of JP Writing Services. Hello Joanne. Hello, nice to be here. Tell us a little bit about what JP Writing Services is. Right. It's a business I set up just over four years ago. So I had 30 odd years in corporate life and decided that it was time for change. So I decided to go self-employed. And it's basically a combination of things to do with writing. So I do a done-for-you copywriting service, which is that suggests I write the words for people, usually things like websites, blogs, articles, that kind of thing. Or I also do a mentor inside as well. So drawing on that business experience, I work with people, usually one-on-one, to help them to get more confident about their own writing. So I offer, like I say, both sides of that writing coin. Well, we're going to dig into the power of words a little bit later. But first, I love finding out exactly how people got to be doing what they're doing now. So tell us a little bit about your backstory and and how you got to be doing exactly what you're doing now. I always loved words. I always loved writing. So you're right from a little girl, I was writing poetry. And in fact, around the age of about 10, myself and my next door neighbour, we used to write catalogues. So I don't know if you remember the old you know, days of the Freeman catalogue, things like that. So she would draw the pictures and I would write the words. So I always loved writing and really interested in language. And I always thought I'd be a journalist. That was kind of where I thought, you know, I was going. So I went off and I did a film and media degree. And then I had a a summer job at the Sheffield Star, which gave me my first kind of taste of journalism. And of course, it was a bit of a wake-up call then because, you know, I'd thought of journalism as all the great, exciting things you see on the TV kind of thing. And there I was sitting in this uh, office with my typewriter and my, you know, my, my copy paper, ringing people up, talking about the 50th wedding anniversary or, you know, the dog that had run away and these kind of things. And I suddenly thought, maybe there's more to this journalism that meets the eye and it, perhaps it's not quite for me. But anyway, I got I graduated and then my first job was in a big engineering firm and it gave me a taste of what I then became to know as corporate communications. So that was kind of a whole new world of excitement and interest. And that's the world I stayed in. So as I say, I've spent 30 odd years then, different industries, different sectors, but always around communication. And of course, at the heart of that communication were the words, which I've uh, continued to sort of focus on. And it's very easy, isn't it, to step out of corporate life, big business, 
put your feet up and say, that's it, I'm, I'm going to retire now or, or do whatever. But you didn't do that. You decided to set up on your own. So what was the drive behind you to start your own business? A couple of things, really. I think when uh, I say I started out, I loved the writing. And when you get into corporate life uh, and then you become a manager and you start to focus on other people and then you come, you know, manager's manager and you climb, climb up that greasy pole, you get further and further away from kind of where you started and, and your initial passion. So, you know, in, in certainly in my latter days in corporate life, I was writing reports and I was, you know, focusing on strategy and change and all those good things. But I wasn't doing that hands-on writing, which is, you know, where the passion started. So this was like a really nice opportunity to kind of take a step back. And because I do the hands-on copywriting myself now, that really brings out the passion. You know, it's me writing. It's me with a, a challenge. What does that client need from me? So I can be really creative, which is lovely. And then the mentoring side, like I say, is that, you know, draws on all that experience and the management experience. And it's lovely to help people and pass on your skills and knowledge, you know, perhaps to the next generation or people that are going through struggles that, you know, you've been through. So, yeah, it's just really a great opportunity to get back to the bits that I really love in business and ignore all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so true. I remember when I was, you know, I had my own legal practice and as, as you sort of step out on your own and you've got a team and everybody, I was doing less of the legal work and more of the business development, the finances, the strategy, the plan and then you lose sight of what you actually love doing don't you and you fall you can almost fall out of love with your job completely because you know you're not doing what your heart's set on and I do believe you know you should go from your zone of genius and do what you're passionate about and it, it comes across so much better let's talk a little bit about words because quite often business owners know what they want to say but they can't articulate it so how do you get inside their heads <laughs> Well, the easiest thing really is by having, a, you know, a, a conversation, a chat. And when you're talking to people, they're not worried about their words. You know, they're not overthinking it. They just talk and they use their language that comes naturally to them. So that's what I take away from the conversation. So if somebody's, you know, very well, perhaps younger, they use like a lot more slang words, they might be a lot more casual with the language. And that's the way they speak. That's kind of what I take away. Whereas, you know, I'm a bit older, I'm perhaps a bit more formal, I don't use you know, so many slang words or uh, even like emojis these days, you know, different ways of expressing ourselves. So I look at I listen to people, basically, listen to the, how they talk, and how they express themselves. And I think that's where people go wrong. If they wrote in the way that they talked, they'd actually find, you know, it was much more kind of genuine to them. I think people think somehow that writing, you have to kind of be a different person. You know, you have to put on your, perhaps your school uniform again and, you know, write how you were taught when you were at school kind of thing. So I think people just get a little bit uptight perhaps about writing rather than just taking it as it comes. Yeah. Were you an avid reader as a child? Mm. Oh, yes, definitely. And still am, really. Uh, and I think the two things often go together, you know, that love of words. Um, I just like to see how other people use language. You know, the certain phrases that I remember now that I read in childhood that, you know, still kind of resonate with me. Yeah, just fascinated with the whole kind of, like I say, how English language, really. 
And not everyone can afford copywriting. Not everyone can afford to pay somebody to deliver their words for them. So what do you suggest is, as say somebody's starting out in business or just starting to write their own blogs or content for their website, you know, what should they be thinking about? The key thing really, well, two two things for me. One is the purpose, kind of what is it you actually want to achieve by this piece of writing that you're about to do, whether it is a blog or a social media post, you know, kind of don't do it for the sake of. So some people think, you know, I've got to post three times a week or I've got to write a blog three times a month, whatever. Think of it from the customer's point of view, the reader's point of view. What is it that you want them to get from it? So how do you want them to make them feel? What do you want them to do as a consequence of this piece of writing? So every time we write something, there really needs to be a purpose more than anything. And that purpose needs to be more meaningful than just filling your quota for, you know, for social media. So stop and think about why you're doing it and stop and think about who you're doing it for and what the end result is that you want uh, them to do as a result of that piece of writing. Yeah, I went on a content workshop today and I, I mean, I, I do a lot of social media, I do a lot of content, et cetera, but I haven't really thought about the depth of the repurposing you can do. So it's, it's almost worth paying somebody to write you a blog or to write you professional content because you can then repurpose that yourself in your socials and everything. So actually coming to you to get you to write the basics in a good way can actually deliver them with the future content that they could repurpose themselves. Absolutely. And I think that's such a good point. You know, a blog, like you say, you're talking usually anything 500, 800 words, sometimes even longer. That's a lot of content that you can chunk down into, like you say, social media posts. You can use it for a, a video. You know, it can help you start off with the script for a video or something like that. You can put it in so many different places. And you're right, you know, you might that one piece of investment can serve you for the next couple of months. Yeah, definitely. And I think some people overthink their writing, don't they? They think it's got to be grammatically perfect. And I, I know when I'm teaching my speaker boot camps, people think they've got to dot their I's and cross their T's. But actually, sometimes you can do that afterwards, can't you, when you're writing? You can get your ideas out and then you can expand upon them. Yes, very much so. And I think that's it. I think, you know, the scary bit is often that blank screen, isn't it? Or that blank page that's looking at you. But exactly that, just write, just kind of whatever it is, get something on the page and you can always go back and tidy it up. But also, I think nowadays we're far more, you know, casual with language anyway. The fact that we've got texting and, you know, and that kind of uh, way of communicating. People aren't as hung up about grammar and punctuation and all those good things you know that perhaps we were brought up with and it doesn't matter so much people know that they can communicate you know whether it's got a full stop in the right place or a capital letter and also lots of people you know have different disabilities dyslexia and, and, and autism and all sorts of things that affect how they use language but it shouldn't stop them from communicating and I think that's the key is just you know do it in your way what's true to you and don't try and be something that you're not. briefly interrupting this podcast to tell you about the Woman Who Achieves Awards 2024. Entries are now open until Sunday the 3rd of March. This is your opportunity to share your journey, 
your achievements and your goals and aspirations for the future. Plus, entering awards is great for visibility. Just pop over to the Woman Who website, womanwho.co.uk forward slash awards for all the information. Now back to the podcast. I think a lot of us have got hang-ups about me personally. When I was at school, I was went to school just at the end of the cane era. You know, if you made a mistake with your punctuation, she used to slap this cane. She never slapped an individual, but she still kept the cane and it was sort of stood in the corner of the classroom. And I do remember as well red pen and it you almost get this fear if you write something somebody's going to come along with a red pen or you know you're going to see that cane out the corner of your eye and got that grammar right so it, it's about you know taking those sort of past experiences isn't it and being you being individual absolutely yeah i think this is it there's you know this i always say words are important and i mean that from the point of view of creating the excitement the emotion in the reader also but mainly delivering what it is that you want so if you wanting somebody to know about you then obviously that's important if you wanting them to like you then that's a different part of content that you're going to put out there if you wanting them to buy from you you have to give them clear calls to action so the words we use are important in the sense of getting the end result but what those words actually consist of you know are very much down to the individual and we don't need to get too hung up on you know whether we're doing it right or wrong there are certain things that i can help them with you know there are certain words that are more powerful than others and we can certainly learn how to craft things better and to give us better results but at the end of the day you know like I say if we all just think about where well, we speak every day we talk to each other we're not worried about that we shouldn't be worried about writing things down either. Yeah. And I suppose people can always come to you and say, look, I've written this. Could you rewrite it for me and make it look with the powerful words, the powerful content and reframe it slightly? Let's just touch on plagiarism because I've been a bit, I had a mini rant this week on plagiarism, uh, you know, people copying things and whatever. And it's so easy now to copy and paste something that isn't yours. You know, what's your advice to people on that? I think you're so right. And the fact that we've now got things like, you know, chat GPT and these AI resources, they're basically giving us plagiarized copy, plagiarized content. When we put, you know, our phrases into chat GPT and say, write me a blog, it's giving us somebody else's words. You know, it's not making it up for itself. So basically what we can do is take that as a starter for 10, as a framework to give us some ideas. But it is very important then that we use our own words, change things up. Think about, you know, is it in my voice? Because it's come out of the computer. It's not me that's written it. So it's not in my voice. It's not reflective of my personality. And that's the trick is to take that, you know, as a starter for 10, but then think, right, how would I say that? You know, would I actually use that phrase? No, I don't think I would. I'd say it kind of, you know, more like this. And just change things up and think about 
just using it, like I say, as a, giving you a few ideas, a few starters, a few pointers, but don't take it wholesale because basically you are just plagiarizing. And Google doesn't like it either. You'll get penalized ultimately if you put it back out there and it's seen it before. It's not going to like it. So, yeah. Great points there. And, you know, I do use Chat GPT for ideas. Mm. I use Chat GPT for blog posts, but I put my version of it in and I say, tidy this up and make it say dynamic and put it in a lighthearted style or something like that. So it takes my words and re reframes it. And I think that's the key with chat GPT, use it for ideas, never literally copy and paste it because you need it to be in your own language. And it's very American sounding as well. And if you're not American and don't talk like that, mm -hmm. you know, hey, pals, hey, friends, I wouldn't ever say that, you know, and I, I think it's really important to, to take your own unique perspective and your unique Absolutely. voice, really. It's very formulaic as well. You know, if you've asked it to do two or three things, you'll look at them and say, well, actually, that one's more or less the same as that one. It's just tweaked three words, you know, the very formulaic. So, yes, if that's not your style, it stands out a mile that you've just copied something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do ask it questions. I say, give me 10 different words for this phrase and things like that. And it's really useful for that. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you can be, you can overcomplicate things. And I was told, you know, once, you know, when writing content or delivering something, imagine you're speaking or writing to a five-year-old, keep it simple because people, enable, it enables them to take it all in much, much more easily, doesn't it? Yes. And that's a very good point. I think, you know, people have often worked with people and they're worried about this dumbing down, but there's no such thing really. You know, if, if I... I'm talking to a new client and we're talking about steel milling this week. You know, well, I didn't know anything about milling and drilling and all this kind of thing. But I ask enough questions of the client until exactly that, until I go, oh, right, I can explain this now to a five-year-old and they would know what I was talking about. Once I've got that level of understanding, then I can communicate it back to somebody. Then it's not dumbing down. It's about using plain English. That's what we're talking about, making it so everybody can understand it and you don't have to have a PhD in you know, metallurgy to know what you're talking about. Let's just talk about you again for a little while. So, you know, you've said you love reading, you love writing, that's where your passion is. Do you always write for other people or do you write your own stuff as well? A bit of both, yes. So obviously the day job is writing for other people. Obviously I've got to write my own content for my business as well uh, to promote myself. But I also have dabbled and I'm dabbling in fiction as well. So a couple of years ago I wrote my first novel. And that really was to see if I could. So I spent a lifetime writing nonfiction. Could I actually do the opposite and do a, a fiction story, which is completely different, not only in the way we write it, but, you know, it's longer, it's flowerier. I've done everything short and sweet in all my life kind of thing. So could I actually keep this story going over several hundred pages? And I loved it. Again, a completely different challenge. Really enjoyed it. So got book one out. And book two is in the making. It's taken a lot longer, but it's still um, in the making. So this year, hopefully, book two will emerge. Another fiction publication? Yes, it's this will be the sequel to the first book. So uh, the first one was all about families and their lives and their loves. <clears throat> 
all the different ways you love people in a family, you know, that sort of whether you're a mum, a sister, a cousin, whatever, all those different things. So went on the, the, a story about all the different trials and tribulations of the family. I got some rave reviews from the few people that bought it and the fans are clamouring for book two now. So, yes, this is a continuation to keep the story going and see what happens next. How exciting. I think that's sometimes great when you're doing something in a day that actually is for others and that's the bread and butter stuff. But to be able to use that same skill set and the passion in a slightly different way and do something which is it then becomes a hobby for you and a way of expressing yourself, still using words, still using your something passionate about. I'm conscious we're running out of time, Joanne, and I always ask my guests to leave my audience with a top tip or piece of advice. So what would yours be? Well, my advice really is to think about your audience more than ever, particularly on websites in particular. I think, you know, when you go to a homepage, you often get there and you say, look at me, I'm wonderful, I'm marvellous, I can help you do all these lovely things. But that's not what the person has come to the website for. They want to know what's in it for them. What can they get out of it? What's the transformation that they can get? And so I would always say, think about it from your target audience's point of view. Whatever you're writing, it's not about what you want to say. It's what you can give them that can transform them on their journey. You know, Whether it's solving a pain point or helping them to overcome something, make a transformation, think about it from the reader's point of view. That's the key thing. Well, Joanne, it's been absolutely fantastic chatting to you today, talking all about words and writing and chat beat GPT. Um, we will resume this conversation at some point in the future. But in the meantime, thank you to Joanne Parker from JP Writing Services. Thank you for listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Join me next week for more inspiration, learning and top tips. In the meantime, visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your Woman Who journey or even feature on a future podcast. You can also join the Woman Who Achieves community on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. There, you'll get the opportunity to network, find support and make new connections with over a thousand women in business. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's podcast. And if there are any topics you would like to hear, just get in touch with me, your host, Sandra Garlick.